welcome to Life of Angst, known exaggerations and gross misconceptions. Visit our website at lifeofangst.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Sarah, and today we are talking about the Scottish prisoners of war. Now, this is a really interesting piece of American history that I knew nothing about until I stumbled across something on Ancestry. I am super into genealogy. I spend a lot of time on Ancestry researching my family. Um, I also spend a lot of time researching other people's families. Um, but what I like to do is discover the stories of the people who came before us. I want to know what they did, what motivated them, how did what what they experienced in their lives come to affect me here in the present. So I think it's important that we learn about our past and about the people who came before us. So while doing research on my family tree, I had discovered that I had a 10th grade grandfather whose name was John Sinclair. And once I put him into my family tree, I was able to search Ancestry's database to see what other people had put in their trees as information for him. So while doing this search, I found a photograph of 17th century handcuffs. And I was really curious, what does this mean? So I decided to do some Googling. What came up was the name of John Sinclair on a website called the Scottish Prisoners of War Society. Um, there's so, okay, my interest is totally peaked, right? Um, so there's information about John Sinclair on this website, spows.org. And the entire website is about the Scottish prisoners of war, 1650 and 1651. So I had to read about this. It's, it's super interesting, right? So the, the first thing I see is that John Sinclair was born probably in Scotland, maybe around 1612, and he died in New Hampshire in 1700. So I did some more research and found some really amazing information that basically leads back to the English Civil War. So this is a time period of history. I don't know if you've heard of it, but the English Civil Wars is when Oliver Cromwell basically took over the government in England um, and the people of Scotland were not happy. They wanted their monarch back. They wanted the king back. So this group called the Scottish Covenanters were fighting against Cromwell and his army basically for who was going to control England. So in September of 1650, the Covenanters put together a, an army really quickly of just whoever they could get to fight against Cromwell and his army, who they saw as being, you know, invaders in their country. Um, so on the 3rd of September, 1650, we have the Battle of Dunbar. And it lasts less than an hour, and it is one of the most brutal defeats of the Scots in the 17th century English Civil War. The sources kind of vary on the numbers, but somewhere around two to 3,000 Scots were killed in the battle, and about 6,000 were captured after. Um, what the English did with the captured soldiers was they marched them 100 miles south to Durham uh, in the north of England. So they only stopped a few times on the way. It's estimated that a few thousand died on the march, and about 3,000 uh, were actually imprisoned then at Durham Cathedral in England. Once they got to Durham, the prisoners were housed in an abandoned cathedral. So you've got 3,000 Scottish prisoners all crammed together in an abandoned church. And they weren't being fed much, they were sick, they were wounded. Um, 
most of them obviously not very badly wounded. They marched 100 miles. So you can imagine that disease spread like wildfire there in the cathedral. It's estimated that 1,700 prisoners died there at the castle of malnutrition and disease as they were being held while the English decided what they were going to do with them. In 2013, um, construction workers were excavating an area uh, called the Palace Green near Durham Cathedral. Uh, they were going to build a new cafe there. Um, and the construction workers discovered skeletal remains. So the whole project was halted while archaeologists came and excavated these remains. Um, what ended up being found were 29 full and partial skeletons. After 18 months of investigation, it was um, concluded that these were the remains of Scottish prisoners of war from 1650. So um, the ages were 13 to 25. Um, there's just a lot of interesting things came out of this part of the investigation. Um, nutrition was something that they learned from the, the dentin and the teeth. Um, there weren't uh, any major wounds or old healed wounds or anything like that. It was kind of, it became clear that these soldiers were really inexperienced soldiers who were just used for this battle and it, it became obvious why. It was such a, a bad defeat for the Scots. So 1,700 of these prisoners had died during their captivity at Durham Castle. But that left about 1,300 other prisoners that the English needed to do something with. Um, they couldn't just send them back to Scotland because they would return to fight again. And they couldn't continue to house them because they were dying alarmingly quickly. And they didn't really have the, the money or the infrastructure to continue to house them. So what they did was kind of split them into groups based on their health and sent some locally to work kind of as forced labor, sent some to fight over in France, and they sent about 150 to the American colonies on a boat called the Unity. The Unity departed London in 1650 with 150 Scottish prisoners of war on board. Most of these were sent to the Saugus Ironworks in Massachusetts, a handful of the prisoners were sent to mills in Maine and New Hampshire, and a few were sent to Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New Jersey. My ancestor, John Sinclair, was on board the Unity uh, and uh, actually was sold as an indentured servant in New Hampshire. Exactly one year after the Battle of Dunbar, the Scots met the English again at the Battle of Worcester. This was the 3rd of September, 1651. Cromwell again defeated the Scots, taking thousands of prisoners. This time, the prisoners were marched straight to London. Thousands were sent to East Anglia, Guinea, Barbados, and Virginia, and about 272 Scots were put aboard the John and Sarah and sent to the Massachusetts Bay Colony. As far as I have been able to tell of these hundreds of Scottish prisoners who were sent to the American colonies, I have found no evidence that any of them ever went back to Scotland. All of the evidence that I have found is that these men stayed in the colonies and started new lives for themselves after their indentures were over. These men stayed in the American colonies. They married, they had families, um, they imparted their beliefs on their descendants. And uh, several generations later, their descendants would once again fight the British in the American Revolution, only this time they would win. I'm Sarah, thanks so much for listening. Visit our website at lifeofangst.com.